0: middle of the week and we're not going to stop talking about football anytime soon final thoughts on week one and also a look at a slate and what you can watch and what will likely be a bunch of blowouts in week two you are locked on Big Ten your daily podcast on the Big Ten conference part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day listening into Locked On Big 10. I'm your host Nate Dickinson joined by Jacob Rude who's over at Locked On Hoosiers every single weekday. We're bringing everything you need to know about the conference every day. Thanks for making us your first listen over here at Locked On Big 10. Jacob, it's the middle of the week in between week 1 and week 2. I figured we could just turn the page here cuz I didn't want to stop talking football. Didn't want to stop talking about what's going on on the field. So Let's do a little final look at week one and then first look ahead at what we could be looking at with the week two matchups. Not a huge slate for the Big Ten coming up this weekend, but we'll get into that later here. First, I want to know, crazy week one in the Big Ten, a lot of unexpected, I would say, more unexpected than you would normally get in a week one out of this conference. What were your biggest takeaways from what we saw on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, all the games, the Big Ten game, uh, all the days Big Ten games were played.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest, it it seems like uh, the Big Ten might be a little bit mid this year. I'm not sure. We'll see how it it comes across. But, uh, I mean, seeing Iowa still not score a touchdown was wild. Uh, Penn State and Purdue was back and forth but i don't think necessarily a, a high level game like there wasn't great execution on either side um so i ohio state really surprised me i i bet the points on ohio state so uh, i was surprised that game was even close um just there weren't kind of in the maybe the some of the marquee games there wasn't necessarily dominant displays by the big 10 Nebraska had to wait until late in the second half to pull away from North Dakota. So I think there's still a lot of questions about the big 10 and, and just how good they're going to be this season. And I mean, the one thing we thought we knew is that Ohio state was going to be really good. Maybe Notre Dame's also really good. And that win will look a lot better down the road, but um, they barely hung on in that one. So, I think there's still a fair amount of questions about the Big Ten after week one.
0: Who has the biggest question marks around him right now?
1: Ooh, I, I was up there. <laughs> that was that was really bad. Every time I checked that score, I could not believe uh, how long it was a five to three game. And then, I mean, it's it finishes seven to three, but no touchdowns. Uh, I think there's a fair amount of questions there. I don't want to say any, there's necessarily questions on. Ohio State, because Notre Dame might actually just be a good team. That's what we kind of never know early in the season, um, who's actually good. I know there's rankings slapped next to t- to uh, each team, but we don't really know until four or five weeks into the season who's actually good, whether that was a good win. Mm-hmm. Penn State probably has some questions, um, though Purdue's decent and playing at ross Stadium can be tough um in the right atmosphere, and that was a pretty fun atmosphere. it looked like. So uh, I would say Penn State, Iowa are probably two of them that are up there so far. Um, maybe some about Rutgers, but i I wasn't expecting a lot about from Rutgers anyway.
0: Rutgers look good. They beat that spread, of course, and won on the road. So that's obviously a good start to things. Uh, back to Purdue, you mentioned decent team there. What's your take on what Purdue is right now? Because I've been on high on Purdue in the offseason. I want to stay high on Purdue. I do think they can be good.
1: Yeah, I mean, Aiden O'Connell looked decent, uh, probably better than decent. It's so interesting seeing, I don't want to be too harsh on them, but Sean Clifford and Aiden O'Connell both, 60 year quarterbacks and there's still times where you're kind of scratching your head at uh, some of the decisions that they make so um, they they each had moments uh, where they looked really good and each had moments where they um, didn't look so great if Purdue could tackle they probably come away with that game uh, they it was amazing how much they struggled to tackle and then obviously you had the big play at the end of the, well, the big kind of sequence at the end of the first half, the fumble from Purdue, the big touchdown because Purdue couldn't tackle uh, to give them all Penn State all that momentum. But again, it's one of those things, um, I guess we're going to, time will need to tell how good Penn State is to know how good of a performance this is from Purdue. Um, there were moments they looked good and, and uh, I could see them being kind of a upper mid tier, maybe a third, second, third, fourth in that West division. Um, But there were also moments like if they can't figure out tackling like that, then it's going to be a long, frustrating season for them. So there was a lot to improve upon, but it made for a fun game. Like I said, it wasn't necessarily the highest level or highest level of execution, but I think Purdue is kind of what we thought they'd be kind of a mid to upper mid team in that West division.
0: What's the difference between those two teams? Just because when you said it, it seemed like before you were saying just Penn state beat a decent Purdue team, but like Penn state's supposed to be able to win that kind of a game, which is true. But as far as where I have both these teams in this singular season, at least going into it, it was close enough where I was like, okay, Purdue at home in that game, I might have them pretty even I'm, saying that Purdue's probably the better team here I it doesn't seem like you think that they're that close
1: Uh, I'm not sure I I mean we talked about Penn State as kind of overrated underrated uh when we did that episode a few weeks ago um I'm not necessarily sold on Penn State I I think these two teams are probably close but I mean I don't think they're anywhere near the top 25 right now and and Penn State, I think, was near the top 25 in the, the first – or coming into the season. Um, so, I mean, just kind of looking at some of the stats, um, it maybe it was closer than I, I kind of remember. Looking at the box for now, and a little bit closer than I gave it credit for. And that Purdue, um, again, I mean, it, it seems simple. But, I mean, if Purdue just tackles, like they come away with this win – uh, they had multiple big plays where they just couldn't bring a guy down. So um, it, maybe it's just in my core that I can't say too many nice things about Purdue without kind of twitching or something like that. But uh, I mean, I, I think these two are probably pretty level, but I, I just figure the expectations are probably higher for Penn state or they should be, or seems like they would be based on their uh, ranking coming into the season. So um I would imagine Purdue fans are probably more optimistic about that performance than Penn State fans are.
0: Who is your best team in the West right now after week 1?
1: Um probably Wisconsin. <laughs> um which seems like the easy answer Minnesota, I mean they won in a blowout. We'll have to see when they play someone a little um uh, better basically but it's probably Wisconsin yeah I mean until Iowa learns how to score a touchdown I don't think you can put them in that conversation right now so it might be Wisconsin by quite a bit right now
0: side of the division I, I mean we talked about how it was wide open throughout the entire offseason but I mean it's looking just terrible right now Nebraska Mm -hmm. looks awful. Iowa looks awful. I mean, Minnesota did look, I mentioned it looked really, really good. It wasn't just that they beat New Mexico State. They did look really good in that win. And Wisconsin does the job too. But as far as real contenders on that side, I mean, Nebraska, Iowa, Purdue, I had all of them as at least potential contenders. And, I mean, anything could happen still. Iowa's always going to be there. But it's just not looking like quite the same picture that I had in my head when we were getting into this a week ago. I don't know.
1: Minnesota and Purdue might be a battle for the second best team in that division right now. And just by not looking awful, basically, because yeah, I mean, the rest of the teams had pretty glaring flaws. um, And that wasn't necessarily the case with either Purdue or Minnesota. So Those two might be the second and third best teams right now. Obviously, like kind of, as you said, it's week one. There's still a lot that can change, but yeah, I don't disagree right now that it looks wide open, but not good wide open, basically.
0: Yeah, Minnesota was easily like my best team out of just like the blowout games that didn't really end up being anything at the end. Like they looked the best, I thought, out of any of the teams that put out there and were just like they answered every question I had asked about them, at least in one very, very small sample size. The run game was great. Mo Ibrahim was outstanding. They did pretty much everything they wanted to in the defense Looked like an elite-level defense again. But that was just, again, one game. So we'll end up seeing. We haven't even talked about your Hoosiers yet. They got a win. It was way back on Friday. But, I mean, w- what are you thinking about? Just want to know.
1: Oh, that was that was an exciting one. Uh, that was one IU doesn't always pull out, especially not last season. Feeling pretty optimistic. Um, this was – I mean, for one, this is the first Big Ten game I used one since – December of 2020, so just kind of getting that monkey off the back uh, felt good. You could sense kind of an emotional release after how bad 2021 was after that win. Uh, there was a lot of flaws. They could not run the ball whatsoever, uh, but Connor Bazelak came in as a starter and made some plays throughout, but then when I, you absolutely absolutely needed him, led that game-winning drive uh, that and was really impressive. Through that drive and really I thought for the whole game. So there's a lot of stuff they need to work out. Fortunately, they have two fairly easy opponents to do that with in the next two weeks. Um, but any time you can get a Big Ten win is is big. And if, I mean, there's it's still a pretty outside shot. But if IU wanted to go to a bowl game this year, this was probably a game they needed to win. And they got it. So uh, really encouraging kind of first steps this season.
0: Uh, it's, does it look like lacks a guy?
1: Yeah. Um, we were kind of discussing the list of IU quarterbacks in in the last maybe dozen years or, or 20 years or so that could uh, that could lead that drive. And it's a very, very short list. Um, he has a, a big arm, a lot of accuracy. Uh, some of the throws he made was really impressive. They're still kind of building the chemistry. Um between him and the receivers. But I mean, he did have one interception, but that literally went through the receiver's hands and landed in the hands of a defender. So it was very much not his fault, but 330 yards touchdown. um, It it was really impressive. And uh, he did a a number of uh, the throws came under pressure and just, yeah, I think he's very much the guy and you can, you can see why he won that quarterback battle because, uh, Jack Tuttle is kind of a fine backup, but he was nowhere. There were throws that Basak was making that that Tuttle never had. So I'm excited. Uh, You can see also why Bazelak was freshman of the year in the SEC a couple years ago because he has a really big arm and um, great decision-making so far.
0: All right, Jacob Root here with Locked On Hoosiers with us on Locked On Big Ten. We're closing the book on week one. Coming up, we'll get into week two. It's not all that much excitement, and certainly not as much as the first week of college football around the Big Ten when you look at the slate. But Jacob and I will get into everything that you need to know going into the weekend. And what we'll be looking at in those windows of games where it's not exactly all exciting. Plus, it is one big matchup, Iowa and Iowa State, coming up this weekend. We'll take a first look at that game between the Hawkeyes and the Cyclones. It's an Iowa favorite somehow after what we saw in the first week in that theme against South Dakota state. So that's coming up here with Jacob right here on locked on big 10. As you gear up for the fall season, it's the time where you need to have the people on your team that can make sure your business is firing on all cylinders and LinkedIn jobs can help you out with that. Why? Well, because it's the biggest professional network out there, 810 million people. On LinkedIn and LinkedIn jobs can help you find the best of them to put in your key positions you head over to LinkedIn jobs and post your job for free and you can have people waiting to take your positions as soon as tomorrow head on over to LinkedIn jobs right now to find the candidates that you are looking for and want to talk to faster did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're back in on Locked On Big Ten. Jacob Rood's in. I'm Nate Dickinson. We closed the book on week one. Now take a look over at week two in Big Ten football. Not as many exciting matchups to look forward to, but we do have a big border border battle, I guess, within the border battle between Iowa and Iowa State. Uh, in-state matchup rivalry, of course, in the non-conference to go- look forward to, and a whole bunch of other warm-up games for other teams who we learned might very well need a warm-up in week one. Yeah. So, Jacob, let's start with the big game of the weekend. Iowa against Iowa State. I mean, Minus three and a half in favor of the Hawkeyes. I said it after the weekend. When you watch that game that Iowa played on Saturday, I don't know if there's any sort of real analysis you can take away from that 60 minutes of football. I don't think there's anything that happened that you can really confidently come into this weekend and say, oh, this is what Iowa football is. It was a complete mess. And I'm really still coming into here with a clean slate, aside from maybe understanding that uh, there could be disaster waiting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, it's one of those games where you look at the the box score and just do double takes all over the board. Uh, I mean, there wasn't even 300 total yards in the game uh, between the teams combined. So, like, I don't know what, like you said, I don't know that we really learned anything about Iowa in that game. And, I mean it's one of those things where like maybe I'm uh reacting too much to that week one game, but like it I don't know how you favor Iowa in any game after after that. I mean it, it, that was such a a bizarre offensive performance that it, it's hard to imagine. I mean, Iowa State scored 42 points in their uh in their opener. Uh I mean it was against Southeast Missouri State, but still like it wasn't like Iowa was playing some super talented team either they were playing south dakota state uh so yeah, there's a lot of questions about iowa as we were kind of saying earlier we thought they would be and kind of assumed they would be one of the best in the big 10 west and they looked far far off the pace so uh maybe they are able to figure some things out uh it seems like there's a pretty big gap right now between them and wisconsin who did look like one of the best teams in the big 10 west so Yeah, I don't even really know what you can take away from that week one game, like other than the offense has really far to go. I guess you can say that the defense is good. They hold them to three points, but I mean, you would expect to hold uh, a team like that to three points. There's just so many questions offensively after that.
0: Well, you said they didn't look like one of the big best teams in the Big Ten West. And I guess I would just ask, are we sure they aren't still? Because while they are, I mean, not even saying it's a shot to the rest of the West as much as I'm just looking at like, okay, no, they weren't playing like a good Big Ten team last week. But as far as like what Iowa football is, wasn't all that far off. I mean, the defense was outstanding. The offense didn't do much of anything. As far as like what you thought about Iowa football going into the weekend compared to coming out of it, obviously you understand there's problems here, but as far as like just how the game was actually played out, it's not like it's anything that was unfamiliar to those fans.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, they did what I expected defensively. It's just like offensively, they're typically able to run the ball really effectively and then kind of build off of that. And so, the they only average three or uh, Lashawn Williams only averaged three yards per carry. I mean, as a team, they only average one point six, factoring in uh, Spencer Petros having minus twenty five yards. So, um, if they're not going to be able to run the ball like that, that's I that's not how Iowa typically is. And then, like I said, you're typically able to kind of go off that with play actions with the short passing game. Um, I mean, they typically aren't necessarily an explosive offensive team. So um you would you need better than eleven of twenty five with an interception. Uh, it, it's just kind of the efficiency wasn't there. I guess would be the best way to describe it. Um, but I mean, you're not, I mean, defensively, yeah, you're not wrong. That looked like a an Iowa defense. It's just the offense didn't resemble an Iowa offense. It didn't have that just kind of that efficient I don't want to keep using the word efficiency but like they usually just kind of beat up people in the interior and they have those big offensive lines and they win all those battles and you didn't really see that in week one so I would say that would be the biggest difference to me from what the like a previous or a kind of a, a typical Iowa team looks like
0: like I said I'm going into this week thinking Now is the chance where I can really learn what Iowa football is about. I learned nothing last weekend, aside from that, the team just isn't in a good spot then wasn't a good Saturday for them, but we'll see what happens this week. I mean, again, coming in as three and a half point favorites after that performance suggests that at least the odds makers are on that side a little bit too, that I was maybe not exactly what they put out there. So there's still hope for Hawkeyes fans. There's always hope for Hawkeyes fans. I guess it's been that way for a while now, but after a week one performance like that, I mean, you, you come into this week and you, I guess, go from being confident to having like the fingers crossed, I would say.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I, I I mean, kind of to your point, if there's a, a team or a program I would think would be able to turn it around and maybe pretty quickly, it would be Iowa just because they have so much kind of tradition and such a strong foundation to build off of that. Maybe that was just a really bad week and they're able to shake it off and we'll look back on it in a month, two months time and kind of laugh about Iowa struggling that much as they're one of the best teams in the Big Ten West again. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of it will depend on what they do this week and how good they look against Ohio or Iowa State, excuse me. And yeah, we're going to learn a lot more, I think, this week about them than we did last week.
0: So the rest of the weekend, Jacob, is pretty much all blowouts throughout the conference. Uh, There's a couple of Power Five games here and there, but nothing that's looking like it's really, really high-tier football like what we saw in a couple of matchups last weekend. So as we get into what's going to be a whole bunch of blowout games for a lot of the conference and a lot of players, or I'm sorry, players, a lot of fans are going to be watching teams that are not playing in too close a games, if they want to switch and go to something else, if they're looking for something else to watch in the big 10 this week, and they're trying to learn something this weekend, is there anything that you're going to be trying to watch out for specifically and say, okay, it's week two. It's a game with a bunch of blowouts, but at least even in the blowouts, I think that I can watch out for this and try and pick something up on a team.
1: I think Maryland's probably going to be a team. I'll watch a little bit. Uh, I didn't watch them in week one there was obviously kind of a lot of questions, a lot of expectations about them this season. Uh, and if they would kind of turned a corner and, and become a team that could compete uh, with some of the better teams in the big 10 East. Um, I mean, we, like I was saying earlier, I think Penn state maybe struggled a little bit in week one uh, or maybe weren't, aren't as good as we, we maybe thought they would be. So see if Maryland does look like a, a strong team and a team that could, compete with the Penn state and be one of the um, top four teams in the big 10 East. So Maryland, I think is the team. I'm definitely going to be uh, flipping back and forth between uh, this week um, and and trying to get a sense of of what that team looks like. Um, Almost out of schadenfreude, I'll check in typically to the Nebraska game just to see if things are going to continue to go off the rails. I I watched them a little bit uh, again, or last week. Until it looked like they were going to pull away, so. Um, but I, I think Maryland might be the team I, or the game I, I tune into the most outside of Indiana's this week, um, just to get a sense of feel for for what type of team they're going to be.
0: Yeah, I'm going to look at Michigan. I mean, JJ McCarthy under center this weekend. He, the quarterback battle there has been really interesting for me. I don't know how it's going to end now. I thought we were going to get at the beginning of the season some sort of just two quarterback system again this year at Michigan. I don't know if that's still going to be the case now, but I I don't love this kind of tryout system that Harbaugh has put together for at least the first two weeks of the season. We'll see how McCarthy looks out there against Hawaii. Obviously, Rainbow Warriors won't put up that much of a fight. At least it doesn't look like in the big house, but we'll see. And then aside from that, it's not a blowout game, but Northwestern plays Duke in a matchup that could be close and Northwestern's I mean got a couple of wins they received a top 25 vote last week so it's a, t- a team that's on the rise I guess I mean if if there was one team to be the pick other than maybe Indiana the last couple of years to continue the up and down success it would be Northwestern so if they're going to be any good of course it starts by beating a team like Duke there so I'll keep an eye on that game going to be watching Michigan hard of course and then uh, the easy answer is whatever's close. If anything yeah. ends up looking like it did last weekend with Iowa or Nebraska or something like that, you just tune in and see if somebody implodes.
1: Yeah, Northwesterns do right. They they go to the Big Ten title game, then they finish with about two wins. So they had their two win season last year. They're they're back to the Big Ten title game. Maybe they're the best team in the Big Ten West. <laughs>
0: It wouldn't be honestly one of the craziest things mm. that would ta- that could happen here this season. Uh, Jacob Rude here with Locked On Hoosiers is there every single weekday, keeping you up to date on everything you need to know going on with the football season with the Hoosiers. And of course, we know that they love the basketball up there in Indiana year round as well. So he's always on top of that too. Uh, Jacob, thank you as always for joining the show for us here for a little bit to just kind of, again, just keep talking football. It's it's just after week one and just that time to do it. And we'll talk to you again soon and look forward to hearing what happens with I or Indiana over the next weekend.
1: Yeah, always looking forward to it.